just just uh, turn to, well, have your finger in Proverbs chapter number 4, but then go over to 1 Corinthians 13 with me, please. 1 Corinthians 13, and then I said Proverbs 4. There's really two verses here that I really want to home in on later after I uh, quote some scripture here. Proverbs 13, uh, 3, verse 5 No, verse 15, 3.15. Proverbs 3.15, I'll just read these. She is more precious than rubies. That was preached on recently. And all things thou canst desire are not to be compared unto her. This her and this she is wisdom. Wisdom. We need wisdom. Then to, uh, Proverbs 4, verse 7. Wisdom is the principal things. You know, like a princ- the principal over at a, a high school or something? Principal. Wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom, and with all thy getting, get understanding. And we're going to cover some of those things there. But now over to 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians. Chapter 13. Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels and have not charity, I am become a sounding brass or a tinkling cymbal. Though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I can remove mountains and have not charity, I am nothing. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, though I give my body to be burned and have not charity, it profiteth me nothing. Charity suffereth long and is kind. Charity envieth not. Charity vaunteth not itself. Is not puffed up, doth not behave itself unseemly. Seeketh not her own. Is not easily provoked. Thinketh no evil. Rejoiceth not in iniquity, but rejoiceth in the truth, beareth all things, believeth all things, hopeth all things, endureth all things. Charity never faileth, but whether there be prophecies, they shall fail. Whether there be knowledge, it shall vanish away. Whether there be tongues, they shall fail. Whether there be knowledge, it shall vanish away. For we know in part, and we prophesy in part, but when that which is perfect is come, then that which is in part shall be done away. When I, was a, uh, when I was a child, I spake as a child. I understood as a child. I thought as a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. Boy, we sure need some of that in our churches, in our, in our Christian society. By the way, that other, it says, hopeth all things. I was thinking the word in Spanish is esperanza, which means, means hope, right? And those people without Christ down in Mexico and all over the whole world, they are without hope. They have no hope. For Christ, His death, burial, and His resurrection is our hope. They have no hope of heaven. But we have the gospel and we better take it to them. When I was a child, I spake as a child, I understood as a child. When I became a man, I put away childish things. 
For now we see through a glass darkly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, but then shall I know, even as I am known. And now abideth faith, hope, charity, these three. But the greatest of these is charity. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. The ungodly are not so, but are like the chaff which the wind driveth away. Therefore the ungodly shall not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knoweth the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall perish. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil. My cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Psalm 100. Make a joyful noise unto the Lord. All ye lands, serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. Know ye that the Lord, he is God, and it is he that hath made us, and not we ourselves, and not a bunch of evolutionary junk. Amen? It is he that hath made us, and not we ourselves. We are his people, and the sheep of his pasture. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving, and into his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him, and bless his name, for the Lord is good. His mercy is everlasting, and his truth endureth to all generations. Psalm 119, 165 says, Great peace, not just peace, great peace have they which love thy law. Do you love the Bible? How much do you love the law of God? By the way, it said thy law. That meant the Pentateuch. It could have had reference to the whole of the Bible. For this is the law of God, the Word. But the truth of the matter is, I think the definite, precise thing is, they were to love Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. Do you love Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy? It says, great peace is our portion if we love the law. The law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul, the Bible says. Then there's another verse. It says in uh, Psalm 138, verse 2b, it says, For thou hast magnified thy word above all thy name. Oh, and look at the names of the Lord. Unbelievable. Then another great verse. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. Look over there just for a moment to Psalm 14 with me. Psalm 14, we have the Old Testament for Romans chapter 3 in Psalm 14. And God says it more than once. If God says it once, it's enough for us. But if he says it more than once, we better take special notice. And here he did in Psalm 14, verse 1. The fool hath said in his heart, there is no God. 
They are corrupt. They have done abominable works. There is none that doeth good. So Paul the Apostle in Romans 3 was saying that. There is none that doeth good. He was quoting Old Testament Scripture. And often it said, it is written. Look what it says here. The Lord looked down from heaven upon the children of men to see if there were, were any that did understand and seek God. They are all gone aside. They are all together become filthy. There is none that doeth good. No, not one. Then the scripture tells us, they came and said, good master. He said, there's none good but one, that is God. What Jesus was really saying there is, in reality, I'm go- if I'm not good, I'm not God. And if I'm not God, I'm not good. In and of ourselves, we are no good. We were We have the blood of Adam in us, and we need to get the blood of Christ inside of us. Hallelujah, by faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. And yet, what does the Bible say in another place? The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. So, does the Bible contradict itself? No, the Bible never contradicts itself, but sometimes it seems like it contradicts itself. The steps of a good man. When you get saved, when you allow Christ to to lead your life and take your whole life, you're made good because the, the goodness of Christ lives in you. Can't you say that about Joseph in the Old Testament, that he was a good man? Oh, yes, he was a good man. Hallelujah. What about Daniel who went in the lion's den? Oh, yeah, Christ made him good. He made him good. We were talking to this a fellow who was unbelievably poor, and he came into the McDonald's there on our trip, and I mean, he was, he, he was really pitiful, this fellow. And I started, I wanted to give him a track, he wouldn't take the track, and then later, I went up and told him that uh, something about the Lord or something, and then he wanted to talk, and he said, well, how can you believe that? How can you this and that? Boy, in the shape he was in, whoever he was serving sure wasn't doing much for him. I mean, he looked, he looked really raunchy. And I told him Jesus loved him very, very, very much. Jesus is God. And I gave him a bunch of good things, whether he wanted it or not. And he didn't ask me for any money. Maybe he asked some others for money. I don't know, but he didn't ask me for any money. And then we saw him going off in his, going off in his little wheelchair, kind of pushing his wheelchair. I think he was pushing it, wasn't he? And so uh, we're made good when Christ comes in, and then we're good in him, Daniel, these others in the scripture. Now, if we're going to be the right kind of Christian in our walk with the Lord and fruitful and everything else, we're going to have to come back to the principal thing. And the principal thing is get wisdom. Wisdom, I'm telling you, you don't, you don't know how many times we needed wisdom on this trip to Mexico. On the way down, on the way back, making sure that, that the kids were all safe and they were together and, and on and on. You didn't lose this one and, and that we said the right thing and we, we were respectful to those native uh, pastor and uh, the others there at the Iglesia, the church over there, Maranatha Baptist Church over there. And earlier on it was Alpha and Omega. Baptist Church. And that one's still going. They have the two works over there 
and the one's been turned over to natives. But I mean, you need wisdom about everything. You say it's Valentine's Day. Well, I'm going to order a new car for my wife. I've got to show her how much I love her. You can't even pay your payment on your other car. That'd be pretty stupid, wouldn't it? Huh? You say, well, I want to show my wife I love her. Well, do it a different way, you know. Go get her a lollipop. It's a heart, if that's all you can afford. <laughs> and, and, and if she doesn't appreciate it, she should have never married you. Hello? If she can't appreciate the lollipop. If you can't for, afford anything better. You say, well, I'll put it on a charge card. Yeah, and you'll pay later, too. You always do. Have you ever known anybody come up and say, I want to pay your whole credit card debt off? <laughs> huh? Anybody ever had that happen? Still looking? Huh? Anybody ever come up and say, I want to pay your rent for you? Hmm. Maybe you're not praying right, too. Because <laughs> you didn't get yourself into that. How many here? How many here ever had uh, uh, somebody come up and give you just because they loved you and you were serving the Lord, and they came up and gave you a hundred dollars? I'd like to see your hand. Oh, I see some other hands going up. You know what they are? Huh? I see a few, just a very few. Huh? You say, "Well, I didn't need it." Well, Amen. I know all that, but sometimes we did need it too, didn't we? We have not because we ask not, or we ask amiss, assume it upon our own loss. You know, if you don't have a need yourself, you ought to be praying for your faith promise to come in. Ask God for a certain amount above what you think you can handle, and then pray faith promise in. Pastor Eber's wife does. By faith, by faith. She had these little poems she was making up, little songs or poems, and she decided she'd give them to people if they'd give a love offering to her so she could give it to Faith Promise Missions. You say, that's very unprofitable. No, very profitable in, in regard to eternity. Unprofitable to worldly people. May God help us. Get wisdom. We're back to uh, Proverbs 5, 4, verse 5. You want to go through a few of these? Pray that God's will. By the way, I'm not going to emphasize what I normally emphasize in this, that Christ is wisdom. I'm going to emphasize the fact is that, and He is wisdom, and we believe that, and I preach that. But I'm not going to emphasize that. I'm going to emphasize the fact of just plain wisdom itself, just like it reads. All right, let's look. By the way, what is wisdom? Wisdom is knowledge applied properly. A person that does not have all their mental cap uh, capabilities, they're, they're deficient mentally. Then they would have a problem because they don't have enough knowledge to speak properly, have their words go together or whatever it might be, so they cannot use wisdom. Are you with me? You have to have knowledge. knowledge wisdom is knowledge properly applied. So when you ask, Lord, give me wisdom in this area. And I'm just going through the life of David in, in the uh, Old Testament in Samuel. And he would go and he would inquire of the Lord if they should go up for a battle. 
And sometimes God would say, you just go. I'll give it to you. Remember them when Ziklag and, and all, their, all them were taken away? And they went in and they were just crying. They were about ready to stone David. Came back. All their children, everything was gone. Their children, their wives, everything was gone. And David went in and said, Lord, they're about, he said, and they were about ready to stone him, the Bible says. Because he was their leader. And God said, you go and recover all. You won't have one thing missing. Just like God talked to Paul and said, you tell them to stay in the boat, not a one of them will perish. Stay in the boat. And they cut the, cut the boats, uh, the little boats off, the rescue boats, and they trusted the Lord, set sail, went into some little cove there, and the whole ship got busted to pieces. It was a miracle that all those people, those that could swim, just dove in and went on in. With that rough of a sea, and they all, what was it, 200 and some, was it not? Got in the shore, and not one was lost. That had to be a miracle. But they lost the ship and lost everything else, cast it all out. God is able to do great things. We need wisdom. Every day we need wisdom. Any man lack wisdom, let him ask of God, which giveth liberally to all men, and upbraideth not. In other words, God will give you all the wisdom you need and more. Hallelujah. But some of us, we have not because we ask not. Get wisdom. Get understanding. Now, after you get it, forget it not. Once you get wisdom that you've asked God for, then don't forget it. Neither decline from the words of my mouth. <clears throat> Once you get it, don't decline. In other words, go just in accordance with the word of God that God has given. Or that some teacher who's a godly teacher has given you and you knew it came from God, it was in line with the Bible, that kind of wisdom, don't forget it. Hang on to it. That's why you need to be around wise people. That's why you need to be in church. What are we preaching about this morning? What is the gospel? It's sure wisdom on how to be saved. And the Proverbs is wisdom on how to live, how to treat other people, how to treat God, how to honor God, how to walk in this wicked world. You need wisdom. In, in the other chapter, I don't think we're going to get there, but in the other later chapters, it says to keep thee from the strange woman. It says her steps are down, go down to hell. I'm telling you this morning, the path of adultery is a downward, terrible, terrible, terrible path. You better stick with your wife, fella. Or you're going to pay and pay and pay and pay and pay. If nothing else in your mind, you're thinking, keep thyself pure as the Bible admonition. That's why you women don't need to be out in the workforce. You had a spat with your husband, a little fight with your husband, you go to work, and some fella says, boy, you look nice today. 
Why? Because you fix up more for the workplace than you do the home place. Wouldn't hurt you, ladies, to especially wash your face before your husband comes home. Hello? So you at least look clean. Maybe even run a brush or a comb through your hair a couple times when your husband comes home. He doesn't really want to come home and look at someone that looks like a witch or something that's just been drug out of bed. Amen? I know some of you have been up all night with the babies. He'll understand that. But the days that you're not up with the babies all night, he doesn't want to look at you like you just came out of a cave somewhere. Amen? The Bible does say her hair is given her for a covering, and it's her glory. Amen. Fix your hair up a little bit. The most important man's coming home. Amen. To your house. You all fix up a whole lot when the insurance man's coming. Huh? I've got to tidy the whole house up. Huh? Somebody's coming over to sell my husband and I insurance, or they're coming by to sell us some siding on the house, and here you are cleaning the whole house. Well, when your man comes home, it's more important than the insurance man or any man. Your man is tops and most important. Clean the house for him. Hello? You in the nursery too. Amen. Listen up. Amen. Clean your house for, for God and for your husband. So it's a good example to your children. So those girls will know what to do. And by all means, don't dump all the bills on them when he gets home. Oh, honey, I mean, you don't let him come in the door. If anything, you give him one hug and kiss and say, come in the kitchen. You know, I've got some bad news for you. He doesn't need bad news until after he's had supper. Come on. And been kissed about 25 times. Amen. Hello. Some of you women need to find out how to treat a man. Because your mother never taught you. Hello? Hello? Hmm? Too many of our mothers uh, just plumb got rid of dad. Amen? That's a poor example, isn't it? Hmm? Yeah. Mrs. Waldrop said, there's a real nice boy here. I don't know if he was out there or somewhere. And the boy, his parents down there in Mexico, Spanish people. Mom and dad got a divorce. Or, or were getting separated or something. Either I don't know if they really got a divorce. And you know what the boy did? And don't you ever think about doing it, but he tried to kill himself twice. Thank the Lord he didn't. He didn't he, his, his mother got him to the hospital. The second time as well. Now, I get, now he got saved. And he's serving the Lord. Yeah, these divorces are, are a mess. Ruins the kids. They say, well, don't get divorced uh, because, because of the kids. Don't get a divorce because there's a God in heaven. Who's got it in his book. Amen. Hello. Smile at me. You say you're frowning. I said still smile. Amen. I'm trying to, I'm giving you the truth. Amen. Brother Mike Demean will tell you about that. 
He first came here, all he talked about is his parents' divorce. That's all he talked about. He still talks too much about it. Just try to forget that, Brother Mike, and get on with business. Amen? Jesus saves. Hallelujah. Let's go do something for God. Amen? Just love your mom and dad. Tell them they're a bunch of sinners, both of them. They're going to hell, and you're going to pray for them and weep for them until they get saved. Amen? And just leave the rest and just kind of do a nice for them and give them gospel tracts and preach to them every chance, you know, without destroying your relationship with them. Amen? Terrible, destructive thing. But it's not just destructive. Listen, it's not just destructive to the kids. It's plumb destructive. And then you have a lot to forget, don't you? That little boy, did did he deserve that? Can you imagine that? Parents were having such terrible times. But praise God, Mrs. Waldrop said, what? Oh, then he got killed, didn't he? That's what it was. He was on a bicycle. And what happened is, then the little boy, he got saved, and he was saved about six months or something, and then he, he got, and someone hit him on the, on the uh, I think that's the same one. It may not be. I'm not sure. On a bicycle and got killed. But praise God, he went to heaven. If that's the same one. Oh, my. Yes, for the kids, too. I'm not saying that. But boy, for God and for yourself. Just do right. Do right. And, and do right even if it hurts, and it, it'll probably hurt. Amen? Neither decline thy, uh, from the words of my mouth. Let's go to the next one there, verse six, uh, 6. This is in Proverbs 4, verse 6. Don't forsake her. Do not forsake wisdom. Forsake her not. And what will happen? She shall preserve thee. Wisdom will preserve us. It'll keep you from a lot of problems, a lot of heartaches in this life. Love her. We're to love wisdom. We're to love wisdom. Do you love wisdom? If you love wisdom, you'll want to get as far away from a fool as you possibly can. The opposite of wise is foolish. The opposite of a man of of great wisdom is a, a man... That's a fool. The fool hath said in his heart, there is no God. Our world today exalts folly, and we, we ought to exalt wisdom. Wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom. By the way, I said that before. People don't know what to believe because they haven't had any proper training. Or they haven't had much Bible training. <clears throat> but they should be following the Bible in every way. If they're already, listen, if, if, if people come and say, what should I do? Should I go back to my first mate? We had that in my first, my first church. This older fellow, bald guy, Brother Starling, he's dead and up in heaven now. And he was married to his second wife. I think she was married before too. I really don't know. But they all got saved. But his first wife was still in town. So he got both of his, he said, here's, here's my, uh, I got this, my Bible. He got this big white Bible at Walmart or somewhere. Big King James Bible. He came over and said, Pastor Harvey. He said, Can, would you go over and show my uh, daughter and son-in-law how to be saved? He said, I think I got them already, but I don't know what to do with them. 
I said, sure we will. He said, will you use my Bible? <laughs> That's just like a little baby, isn't it? Huh? Would you use my Bible? And we went over there and led them sweetly to the Lord. They came to church. And uh, as they came to church, then his daughter wanted to bring her real mother to church. Wasn't that interesting? Here they're both there, his second wife and his first wife. But you know what? I don't know if that was what, uh, what the, uh, you know, the going alongs were about what timing this was or what. But he had asked me one time, he said, should I go back to my first wife? I said, I don't know. I'm a young minister. I'll have to check the book out. I didn't know, honestly. They didn't teach me that in Bible school. And they should have. I said, they trained me for the ministry. If anything they should teach me is something like that. Yes? Amen. I had to go dig in my Bible. And I came out with Deuteronomy, where it says that he that, he that leaves his wife and goes to another, or, or his wife leaves him and, and marries another, he cannot go back to her afterwards. It's an abomination. Amen? That means that woman at the well that got saved, she'd had five husbands living with a sixth one out of wedlock, and then she gets an idea that she wants to be like Liz Taylor, you know. And go back to Burton again. Well, the Bible forbids it. It's an abomination. And speaking the other way now, you know what I mean? If the wife does that, but what is good for the goose is good for the gander. All right? Hello? So here you go. That woman at the well and all those Hollywood stars, they are forbidden to go back to the previous mate. Because they're already defiled. It says so in Deuteronomy. Amen? And what does the Bible teach? The Bible teaches you remain in the state you're in. Two wrongs don't make a right. So I came back and told him, I said, no, you stay with the, the wife you have. And that was in your old life. It was really strange. Because I saw his, when his first wife came, oh, they were, you know, he was kind of a, Big, chunky guy like I am now, or even, even heavy. He was heavier. Boy, big, heavy. And his wife was just like he was, the first wife. The second wife was skinny and ugly, too. No, anyhow, don't tell her. Don't give her this tape. His first wife's prettier than his second wife. But what does that matter? It doesn't have anything to do with the Bible. Amen? And here they came, though. We didn't know what was going to happen, huh? Oh, man, the, the fight is on. Hold the fort or something. What a mess. Amen? That's why a pastor cannot be in the pulpit and have had a, uh, two wives. They might both come to church at the same time. It's a poor testimony. Amen? It worked out fine. They were very pleasant to each other and everything else. Don't know if the mother ever got saved or not. She was a sweet, did she? My wife says yes. She's nodding her head yes. So the whole crowd got saved, amen? But you can't unscramble eggs, you see? Once those eggs are scrambled up, can't unscramble some things. By the way, if you, if you had gotten all upset with somebody and you killed them, you, you blew them away, you can't change it. You got up in the night, and someone like I did when I was just a young fella, in the Navy, and I came in one time and stood right over the bed of my mom and dad. I didn't even tell them I was coming. 
Well, I'm glad my dad didn't have a revolver there. He might have thought I was someone else and blown me away. And if he would have done that, you can't bring that person back, you see. There's certain things you can't do. If you stole so much money that you could never pay it back and you squandered all everything you stole, what can you do? There's certain things you, you can just try to pay back all the rest of your life, but you'll still never do it. So some things can't do. Say, well, I, I was in a drunken brawl as an, a sinner, and I put this guy's eye out. God won't put his eye back in his head, or I cut his, I cut his hand off. God ain't gonna give him, he's not going to give that guy a new hand back. Sin's terrible. So let's go back to our topic. What are we saying now? Wisdom. Love her. Do you love wisdom? Wisdom is of God. Wisdom is Christ. Wisdom is the book of wisdom. This is the book of wisdom. The Bible, the word of God. Love her and she shall keep thee. Just love wisdom and she'll keep you. Don't we need to be kept close to the Lord? Kept from evil? Held close to the Lord? Well, get wisdom then. You young girls, get, get out of your silliness as soon as you can. You'll be mar- married one day. Amen? And if your husband's thinking about getting in the ministry, uh, a deacon and a pastor's wife cannot be stupid and frivolous and giddy. She's got to be faithful and learn some gravity of life, the seriousness of life. If you're thinking about going to the ministry, you young men, you cannot be acting like a fool it's serious your requirement is to be grave serious minded doesn't mean you, that you never can smile doesn't mean that it means that you think about life in a serious fashion let's go on down verse 7 this is the key now look at this wisdom is the principal thing is, the, is it the principal thing in your life is that what you're teaching your boys, young uh, fathers? You're teaching your boys wisdom? How to properly apply the, holy, the word of God? We got up this morning and we didn't know which direction we were going. We got back at midnight last night and got up this morning and, and one of our relatives called on the phone and then, uh, then Linda or Joe called and one was in the hospital. That Joe was in the hospital up in Scott and White and and Linda is having all kinds of things here, and one of the babies is sick there, and she needed some, oh, some kind of a pedia, what, a pedia, hmm? Pedialyte. Okay, ped means, of course, kid. All right? And so what are we going to do? Well, we'll just all jump in the car and go up there to, to see Joe. Here I'm showering. I said, man, alive, is that the answer? Let Joe stay up there. He's not starving. Just watching the baby. But well, we didn't, you've got to ask God for wisdom. You, you do, do the wise thing. Don't do the foolish thing or, or the thing that maybe uh, it shows you have a good heart. But here Linda had what? Joe didn't, they have nurses up there. You know what I mean? I'm glad that he's there with the baby. Oh, you follow? Hello, hello, hey. A lot of times fathers aren't able to, though. Thank the Lord Joe's full time so he can do that. Amen? 
And so what? She had six other problems with one of them sick. Now, you need wisdom about, you say, that's a little thing. It's not a little thing when it's your granddaughter and your daughter. It's not, and, and Linda's worn out and doesn't know what in the world to do and, and been up all night with the baby and she needs some sleep. Amen? No, you need wisdom. These things are important. And then let's get into the, 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 the uh, spiritual realm. We need wisdom. As Brother Shea said in his Sunday school, to teach these young men apologetics, which means contending for the faith. Letting people know we don't do that. We're independent, fundamental, Bible-believing Baptists. You may do that. It'll keep you from having the Super Bowl in your church like memorial. I hope they didn't just kick the halftime on at that time and have that vulgarity and filth right in their church. I was going to call them beforehand and say, you're a bunch of idiots for having that Super Bowl thing on the Lord's Day in the God's house at all. All that is is a bunch of unconverted, lost bunch of people chasing a, a pig hide or cow hide thing around. They ought not even be playing on Sunday. That's the Lord's Day. We stand against that in our church. And they're going to all sit and watch. What do they watch? The cheerleaders too? You know how they're dressed. Bring all this trash. What about the Budweiser ads? All the ads are all for the liquor. They need another pastor over there. I don't even, I've heard his name. They need another pastor if he hasn't got any more wisdom than that. Get out of the ministry. Shouldn't have had to have this catastrophe at the Super Bowl for, for that minister. And you know what they always say? He's such a nice guy. Well, I'm not a nice guy. I'm a minister of Jesus Christ. They all call him Brother. Whatever. Y'all know his name already, don't you? Nobody? That's what they try to do with me, the ministers in New York. Oh, how you doing, Jack? Oh, I didn't like it. Call me Brother Jack. Amen? Call me pastor. Call me preacher. You can't call me Jackie like my mother calls me. No, sir. No, sir. And Lauren Anderson, that big church, had the biggest Christian school in all of western New York. And he called me Jack. They had their baseball games over there at the Roman Catholic ball field until I found out about it. I wanted to get my boy and jerk him out of there. I have nothing to do with Roman Catholicism. And I went and told him about it. Almost took my boy out of the whole thing. Well, we can't find another field. Here are the bells of bondage are going off right during the game. That's the Roman Catholic ding-dongs. You know what? You've heard them. Huh? They're the bells of bondage. Oh, queen of heaven ball field. Whoa! That's what the name of it was, the queen of heaven ball field. My boy playing ball there. He won the game because they put him in and pitched him. I said, the boy, I said, the boys, the, the guys, your pitcher's tired. He did all right for a while. Your pitcher's, pitch, your pitcher's 
tired. And my boy was the pinch pitcher. But I didn't do it for my boy. I didn't want him to lose the game. My boy went in and pitched about, oh, just 10 minutes, and they won the game. Boy, then I went to that preacher, and I said, I don't believe in having stuff at the Queen of Heaven ball field. What a bunch of abominable mess. I think the bells of bondage went right off that game. Were you at that game, honey? Didn't they go off right there? Queen of Heaven ball field, right? That's, you know where they are, right next to some Roman Catholic garbage dump. You say, you're too emphatic. I was driving by one day. My grandmother was in the car. I said, look at that garbage dump over there, Grandma. And she said, where, where, where? I said, that Roman Catholic church over there. Oh, oh, oh. She, went, oh. she says, it's a, such a lovely religion. It is not a lovely religion. They have their beautiful buildings and no spirit of God. She's the whore church of the 17th chapter of the book of Revelation. I can prove it. She's sitting on seven hills, and it's Rome, Rome, Rome. And I don't want any of you boys playing at the Queen of Heaven ball field. It's a poor testimony for being a Christian, uh, exceptionally bad for being a Baptist Christian. Well, amen. You imagine that, a Baptist church. Mm-hmm. Oh, my. I tell you what we should have done. We really didn't do it. Next year, if, oh, it won't happen next year. We should have put a sign up, and just on the one side, on our sign, uh, shame on you, Memorial Baptist Church. Amen, or take a few picket signs. You say, you wouldn't do that. You don't know what I would. That's awful. Maybe I'd have saved them the embarrassment. You think they're embarrassed about now? Come on now. God has a good way of embarrassing people, doesn't he? Biggest Baptist church in town. And they had it up, how long did they have it up there? On their, two weeks, on their marquee sign. They're going to have this, what, big screen, huge big screen. Well, I don't go to church to play baseball or football or any ball, amen. I go to church to worship the Lord. And the Lord's day is a day of rest and worship and praise. Man alive. It's 25 after the hour. But I'm coming on down in, we're, we're going to land her soon here, so hang on, amen. You know what it says here? It says, and with all thy getting, get understanding, exalt her. Do you exalt, exalt wisdom? We need to exalt wisdom. And that means as you're exalting wisdom, you're putting down folly and foolishness. Exalt her. And she shall promote thee. Don't you want to be promoted? Wisdom will promote you. She shall bring thee to honor. When thou dost embrace her. Do you embrace wisdom? Do you just hug wisdom? Do you just kiss wisdom? That means you're going to encourage everybody to be wiser. That means get in your Bible and read and pray and be like you used to be or like you've never been. Something great for the Lord. She shall give to thine head an ornament of grace. Don't you want an ornament of grace? 
What's an ornament? Something that's not usually there, right? Huh? What? Wisdom will come, maybe give you a little crown. An ornament upon your head. A crown. Doesn't it say that? In the Revelation, I will give unto thee a crown. For overcomers, you'll never overcome unless you have wisdom, faith and wisdom. Trust in the Lord. A crown of glory shall she deliver to thee. Put a crown on your head. Just get wisdom. And all thy getting, get wisdom. Keep it. Don't forsake it. Don't forget it. Exalt it. Praise God for it. Hang on to it tenaciously. Embrace it. Love it. And it'll just bless you. The more you love it, the more it'll bless you. Wisdom. The more you forsake wisdom, the more trouble you're going to get in. You ought to be praying constantly for wisdom. Not just for knowledge now. I didn't have time to get into all that. Our country up in New York and all over, all they, all they talk about is higher learning, higher learning. Oh, don't you have your master's degree yet? Oh, is that all you have? Yeah, how are you going to get a job? Well, I know how to work and these others don't. I think I'll do better than they do. I'll start my own business. I'll have them working for me before it's over. You can still do that in America. You can still do it. Oh, wisdom, wisdom, wisdom. Don't you need wisdom? Then you better exalt it. Love it. Embrace it. Realize, realize in your head it's the principal thing. Not knowledge. Knowledge puffeth up. A, a man without a whole lot of book learning. And by the way, don't you believe that a person that is, is, that is illiterate cannot even read or write? They used to think that God could call them to preach. What about in these third world countries? If God puts his hand on that man of God and he's, he's a, a native there and he's he may have wisdom and not have worldly wisdom and very little education, but he's got wisdom from God. Amen? Because God called him. The emphasis is in the wrong place today. We need wisdom, wisdom. The ones that are well-educated need wisdom. The ones that are poorly educated need wisdom. The ones that are fairly, averagely uh, uh, educated, they need wisdom. Those that say ain't need wisdom. Amen? Those that go around saying, I ain't got none. Oh, don't stay in Texas too long. You'll be ruined. Amen. I even corrected Joe the other day. I said, that's poor English, Brother Grab. <laughs> I said it nicely to him. Oh, he said, I said, you've been in Texas too long. Huh? Hello? If you ain't got none, then you've got some. Two negatives make a positive. That's what I learned. Amen? But the man who says, I ain't got none, and the other one who says, I don't have any, they both need wisdom. And who knows but that the one possibly who has the less education might be a better soul winner even than the one who has the higher learning. Doesn't mean it's so, but who knows? Just get out and get at it. 
Who do you think would be the best one to win farmers to the Lord? Another farmer that got saved from gathering sycamore fruit like Amos. Amen. Well, man, I can't blame the music. It was just perfect timing today. So I just spoke an extra little bit. But we need wisdom. Wisdom, wisdom. All of us do. Our men overseas, they need wisdom. The women back here, you women need wisdom. If you can't fix something, call somebody. Don't try to, you know, get under the car yourself. Well, my husband told me to do it this way. Yeah, and the whole car falls on top of you, and then we don't have a church member anymore. Instant heaven for you, sister. <laughs> Maybe just get on the phone, amen? Say, I'm calling the tw- 50th time. I know, but would you still send someone over here or try to get somebody to help me with this? And we'll say, we're so glad you even cared enough and thought enough of us to even call us and ask us to help. Amen? Do everything in our power to get some help. Lord, help us. Give us wisdom. Wisdom about our music we use. Wisdom about the translation of the Bible, the Holy Bible that we use. Wisdom about our mission program. Wisdom about our giving. Wisdom about every thing in our life. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. Oh, Lord, help us. Help us. We think of those words, wisdom of God, we would by thee be taught. Control our minds, direct our every thought. Thee would we meet within the classroom walls. Go forth to serve thee from these hallowed halls. Our Father, give us wisdom, wisdom, wisdom. Dear Lord, we know that we're not asking amiss if it's the principal thing if we ask for wisdom. We pray in Christ's name.